Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday Suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning. Welcome in. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage, holiday weekend. Let's take roll. Grobber. It sucks and it freebases. Don Cooper. If I think something sucks, I'll tell you it sucks. Jake Arietta. This sucks. Really, it does. Albert Almora. Damn, Willie, man. Do we suck? Pat Fitzgerald. Sometimes you got to embrace the suck. Eloy Jimenez. Hey. You guys not gonna make anyway. You guys are suck. And when when I got traded the next day, oh, welcome to the suck team. Toby. Oh my God, this sucks. Random Bears fan. Terry Moore's. Finally made a list of somebody who thinks he sucks besides I do. Liam Hendricks. I wouldn't say seeking perfection. It's just mainly trying not to suck. Julie Swika. Man, that sucks. Wilson Contreras. Losing, losing suck. I'll tell you that, and, and that's all I can say. George Went. We had fun, um, but there you go. I sucked. Garth Algar. Turn it off, man! Turn it off! It's sucking my will to live! Steve Dahl. Disco sucks! Disco sucks! Caesar Perez. Hello, Steve. 
Caesar, how are you? How are you? Happy holiday week. Happy Fourth of July weekend to you, Caesar. How are you? I'm doing good. Happy holiday weekend to yourself as well. What are your plans? Uh, anything fun going on? I'm going to do radio for the next three hours, such as it is. We're doing Saturday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. We suck so your holiday weekend can be as joyous and injury-free and and liberating as possible, other than the White Sox and the Bears. Okay, so let's start here. Last night, while you were sleeping, bad things happened. The Sox won. Now, that's good. I'll say that. They beat the Giants in San Francisco in a game that was scoreless through eight. That's good. They won on a night when Lance Lynn threw six shutout innings and looked like the bearded, dominating keg of beer that is that he is right through 104 pitches punctuated by a strikeout. That's good. That's Lance Lynn. That's what you want to see. The bullpen parade, Joe Kelly, Tanner Banks, Kendall Graveman, they held it all together, even without Liam Hendricks. That's good. Liam Hendricks said he'll be back by the 4th of July. That's good. The Sox beat the Giants on a two-out, two-strike single by Leury Garcia. It scored Adam Hazley on a close play at the plate ahead of Mike Yastrzemski's strong throw. That's bad. That's bad, and here's why. Even with Garcia getting the, the biggest hit of the game, biggest hit of the week, maybe, a hit that his failing team desperately needed, the Sox are 17-30 and 30 in games that Leury Garcia starts. Compare that to being 19-9 and nine in games when he doesn't start. For those of you keeping score at home, that's 13 games under 500 for a team three games under 500 when the manager starts the manager's pet. And now Garcia hits a slider that didn't slide. It became a room service fastball, and this will only encourage the manager's recklessness. The manager's insistent, insistence that Leury Garcia is a hero. Did you get a load of what the manager said after the game? Quote, he's a big-time player, and he got a big-time hit, and that was a big-time arm out there. He's special. I mean, that was huge for us. That is the current manager of the White Sox, Tony LeBevington, talking about Leary Garcia. So to review the bidding, these Sox are in third place in the AL Central. Five and a half games behind the Twins, who got a Buxton walk-off last night. The Sox are four games behind the Guardians and tied with the Rangers at four games out of the second wild-card spot. The Rays are just a half game out. Fangraphs has the Sox at 48% to make the playoffs. This, a team with a World Series robust slogan. And the manager sounds like he intends to go full throttle with Garcia, this so-called big-time player who might be one of the worst in baseball. Larry Garcia has a weighted runs-created plus of 37. 100 is the average. Garcia is almost two-thirds worse than the average player. Think about that. Think about that. That guy is almost two-thirds worse. 
or only one-third as good as the average player, and the manager makes him out to be Captain America, a hero, a big-time player, the manager's pet. The manager also loves a guy whose war is minus 0.8. That means the manager's pet has cost the Sox almost a full game alone, himself, just Leury Garcia. And according to Fangraphs, Garcia's offensive rating is a minus 13.9. That's incomprehensible. It's an incomprehensible amount of failure that the Hall of Failure baseball person, who's the manager, loves even more now. Buckle up, Sox fans. All the Leury Garcia you can eat. This team desperately needed a win. They got it. I can't think of anything more aggravating or doomsaying for the future. More Leury Garcia. Maybe the three scariest words to come out of the South Side. Let me know what you think. 312-644-6767. That's our phone number at the score. That is our phone number for the text line as well. Apparently we're handing a little, sounding a little choppy. I'm going to take a break, and then I'll come back with hopefully a better connection. Saturday, second, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Steve Rosenblum, it's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Welcome in, welcome back. Um, Yeah, well, technology can suck at times. Thank you for sticking with me. Sorry it broke up there. I think it was the Hall of Failure baseball person managing the White Sox who didn't want to be carved for... I mean, we're just... Sox fans, buckle up. It's a whole lot of Leuri, and and it's just going to be messy. That was the worst thing that could happen that... Your team got a win, a terrific win, one nothing, scoreless through eight. They get a run in the ninth. The bullpen is, after six great innings from Lance Lynn, the bullpen without your closer still gets it done. And that only means more like Uri Garcia, one of the worst offensive players in baseball that the Hall of Failure baseball person who's managing the team thinks is a Hall of Famer. And you're supposed to win the World Series this way. They are they the the White Sox improved to 17 and 30 with Larry Garcia starting. Oh my God! Phone number 312-644-6767. You can also text me at that number, and people already have 309 texter. Have you asked Larry to co-host yet? Fits the genre of the show. Nicely played. 847, I am Suckbot. Beep boop. Yep, that's it. 802, could not agree with you more, Steve. I knew Leury was where you were headed with the T's. Well, that was the... If you're a White Sox fan, you've watched this team. You, you cannot understand, other than the impregnable manager, he's bulletproof because the chairman apparently is not awake enough to know what's going on. The manager, the Hall of Famer, Hall of Failure baseball person gets to do what he wants. And what he wants to do is play one of the worst players in baseball. And so he does. And now, with a, I guess it would be his monthly good play, he's going to play the rest of the month, Larry Garcia. He's going to find some place to be in the lineup. 
and the team is 13 games under 500 when he starts. Some of that might be, well, you'd where else are you going to go? They have had a, had a bunch of injuries, and there's a whole bunch of other issues related to that. True. But just to rub the front office's face in it, just to rub fans' noses in it, hey, I'm the Hall of Failure baseball person. I'll tell you what's right. That Lenin Sosa guy, I'll play him when I want to, and I'll make him lead off, and I'll make him sit around, and I'll make sure that he doesn't succeed because we have... As the 773 texture notes, Lauri legend. Just keeps insisting on playing one of the worst players in baseball. Certainly one of the worst offensive players. And that's a team that held World Series hopes and was supposed to win in the dugout. That's what he was supposed to do. And he's yet to surpass Ricky Renteria in this last couple of years. 312-644-6767. Sox nerd tweeted this out. I, I got a big a biggest kick out of this. The, the this was the White Sox first one to nothing win in the Bay Area since September 30th, 1973, when Ta-da! Steve Stone found fan 10 in nine plus innings in beating the defending and future champion A's. In the season finale. There you go. It's right back in the booth. And so there's something else that was really bad about last night's game. Besides Leury Garcia having the winning hit. Andrew Vaughn got up to get a hit and doubled. This was the guy that Tony LaRusa couldn't pinch hit earlier in the week when he needed it. So Vaughn doubles. Then he needs a pinch runner. A pinch runner is Jake Berger, the guy with all the leg injuries, the Achilles this and the blown out that and the... How bad is Andrew Vaughn that Jake Berger has to be your pinch runner, is your pinch runner? I, I We're not being told. Uh, I've not heard. And I just don't know what the... What the... What the value... The value is let him... DH, let him hit because he can do that. If he's got to run, well, I guess he's not allowed to run more than 60% or whatever they, they told him to. But but if Jake Berger's your pinch runner, my goodness, what did that young man do, that young man, Andrew Vaughn? 630 Texter. Yep, I wrote that earlier. That um, Larry Garcia is the is Nephew Perez to Tony LaRusso's Dusty Baker. It's the same thing. I just I I think they all have a great love of utility players as utility players, not as somebody you build up to be MVPs. It, it's really a a wonderful win. And and look, they only have to split the next two games with Dylan Cease going today. And Johnny Cueto, what a wonderful reception he got from San Francisco fans last night. And you just get the, you, they could win a series, which they can't do very well, or very often. They're not very good at that whole thing of winning series. They could do that before they come home to face this gauntlet of AL Central teams that 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 is their their season conceivably and you're going to get more Larry Garcia and you just you can't really be happy about it 
because you won a game, it looked the bullpen looked great, and oh no, that's how you won it. 312-644-6767 is the number. By the way, Jay Kuda, who does wonderful things, wonderful things on Twitter, noted this about today's starter. Today's starters, Dylan Cease and Logan Webb, both debuted by being called up in the summer of 2019. Both have 15 games started this year. Both have allowed 33 runs, and both have given up six home runs. I guess it's a pretty even pitching matchup. No? No? All right. Do do you want to use the breaking phone call sounder, Caesar? All right, Caesar. What have you brought us? We're going to go out to Matt in Aurora. This is Matt in Aurora. Matt in Aurora, welcome to the score. What's on your mind? Welcome to Saturday Suckage. You know, I remember I was at that playoff game last year in Chicago, Saturday night, when uh, Lurie hit that three-run bomb out the center, and it was just a blast. You know, it felt great because the team, you know, felt like it was going to be a winner. You know, but I felt when they went to free agency last year, the three-year, $18 million deal that they handed Lurie was just a slap in the face because, in all honesty, other than that home run, he really didn't deserve it. And when you look, you know, every team needs a utility player, but I believe that, you know, they could have went out and maybe went with a cheaper option like Brock Holt, you know, and re-sign Carlos Rodon and, you know, continue to build on the team itself. And then when you when you call up guys like, you know, Leon Sosa, and then you play him, you know, maybe two games, two, three games, you know, get him a pinch hit at bat, and then you turn around and send him right back down to the minors wasting an option, I kind of just question everything that this franchise is doing right now. Matt, I appreciate the thought. I don't care how much money they spend. or do, I, I, I don't. Go ahead. Spend it. You need to spend it. Whatever they gave Larry Garcia is fine. If he is a... If he's a utility player and used that way, now he's being, I mean, you have a manager who has zero consistency in whether he goes by his gut, by his opinion, by his experience, or by analytics. He seems to use analytics as a weapon against the front office that provides all the analytics. Nobody who bats Larry Garcia first, second, or third can be a fan of analytics. Nobody who bats Larry Garcia first, second, or third can be sane. First of all, it's madness. It just, it doesn't, and now he got a hit, and the manager's only more emboldened because he has Leuri Pujols, and we know how much he loves that. And I, again, I, I think we all love utility players. It's an underdog role. It's a, a respected role. It is aggravating when he, that, when the manager elevates this guy, that kind of player, to star level to necessary level it's not i i just 630 texture leury is a swiss army knife he does everything but is below average at everything he does just like a cheap knockoff swiss army knife no he's a real swiss army knife you know if he was ben zobrist that'd be great he's leury garcia and he's not great and the manager thinks he is and that's a problem they needed to win they need to win a series they they have an even tougher job now because the manager is going to insist on starting a guy who, when he is in the starting lineup, that team is 17 and 30, and that's after winning last night. 
I'm Steve Rosenblum. Welcome to Saturday Suckage. So that'll get your holiday weekend going, won't it? Yeah, have a happy holiday. I try to suck so you won't have to. The best suckage I can tell you is don't watch any game involving Larry Garcia. Check the starting lineup, and if he's in it, don't watch it. Although Dylan Cease against Logan Webb is a really good pitching match. It's excellent. I have... I have a guest list for today. At 11.40, we'll talk to James Fox. He's senior editor and podcast co-host at Future Sox, and he's a writer for Sox Machine. Talk White Sox with him. 12 o'clock, Evan Altman at Real Cubs Insider, co-host of The Rant, and we'll give him a chance to rant. 12.20, Rob Bradford of WEEI covers the Red Sox for Boston Radio. How come they just keep spending money and doing what big market teams do? And here they are playing playing the small market Cubs. Playing the Cubs, acting like they're a small market team. I don't understand that. The 1240 guest will be Shakia Taylor, Chicago Tribune. She's at Curly Fro on Twitter. 1 o'clock, Cody Westerlin will be here covering the Bulls. Bulls gave a lot of money to a player. Is that worth it? Is that their only choice? All right, we'll take a quick break. Steve Rosenblum, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Welcome in, welcome back. Sorry about the technical difficulties. That puts the suck in suckage. 773 texture. The GM must have thought Garcia was great. Also, he gave him an extension. Well, you know. You need utility players. Somebody has to fill that roles. And that's going to happen. 224. Two questions, Rosie, in between bong rips. Favorite planet? Also dream, five-man poker table. You cannot choose Tony or Wani at my five-man poker table. <laughs> All right, I'll have to give that some thoughts. Um, Saturday Suckage and the Wake and Bake Show. But I... I Give this some thought. This happened earlier in the week. Lucas Giolito, after losing the lead and the game in Anaheim on Monday, quote, I think it's important we come prepared to win every day. I feel like we're all trying here, but trying doesn't necessarily get the job done. You have to go and do it. So it's been a week, and I'm still not sure what to make of it. Is it, is it passive-aggressive? It seems like he wants to lash out and name names, but he didn't lash out and name names. It seems easier to send a message when you send it direct and clearly, but to who? The manager? I, I, the banged up players who get banged up or hurt or they're hurt because they haven't followed their routines and players know it. They didn't come in in shape and... He's had his, his issues too. There's a, I don't know if, because of his stature, accomplishments, and injuries, if you could make the Cubs comparison to Kerry Wood, everybody wanted Kerry Wood to be that guy, that spokesman. It's really hard for a pitcher to do that. Although John Lester taught a lot of people how it could be done. But Kerry Wood would have been that guy, but once every five days, the, it, it seems to be a position player's status, position, role, authority. And and Lucas Giolito hasn't 
Maybe he's not good enough to do it. But he would certainly seem to have the stature. But he came in bulked up. And they don't seem to... Chris Getz was on the the Inside the Clubhouse show with David Haw and Bruce Levine today. Uh, a really, a solid interview. And they asked him about these injuries. Like, what do you what do you make of it? It was... Weren't allowed, players weren't allowed to have contact with the team. And what kind of shape did they come in? Spring training is cut short. And, and the Sox are having all of the same kind of injuries. This was a team, by the way, with Herm Schneider that seemed to be bulletproof. And especially with the pitchers. Don Cooper made sure they were bulletproof. I don't... And, and Chris Getz didn't seem to... You know, you think, well, I don't know, could be this, could be that. They're trying to figure out why. Meanwhile, they're trying to win a World Series because that's the goal. And there's Lucas Giolito. Maybe I'm over reading too much in this. Maybe we're overstating it. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. But I know that it sounds like, that sounds like somebody who wants to say something but hasn't, doesn't. Maybe you say that behind closed doors. Maybe you just say it to those players and this is the washed version of it. Steve Rosenblum, Saturday Suckage with you on this holiday weekend. And I do want to alert, you know, it's a, a holiday, it's a big camping weekend, isn't it? Yeah, I, that's what I'm told. My idea of camping is Courtyard by Marriott. That's my idea of roughing it. And I want to caution all you when a bison gourd a tourist at Yellowstone. You know, those of you who might be out this weekend, long weekend, a lot of people packing up their gear. They're going to go into the, the wilds and and go into the forests and wherever they're going to be, wherever you're going to be, your idea of camping and roughing it. As, as we recall from Parks and Rec, security is hard. There was, on my Twitter line, rerun this quote by a forest ranger at Yosemite National Park on why it's hard to design the perfect garbage bin to keep bears from breaking into it. And the quote is this, and it works in places other than just Yosemite. There is considerable overlap between the intelligence of the smartest bears and the dumbest tourists. So right there is your Venn diagram of uh uh-oh, And some will say your Venn diagram of the Darwin Awards. So you people camping out there on this 4th of July, you people going away for a long weekend. Oh, my God, where traffic was, the pictures of traffic, the sounds of traffic. I'm not always wild about working on a weekend, a holiday weekend, but it sure seems safer than being in traffic. Did you get, did you get stuck anywhere? Did you see that, Caesar? Do you know anybody who still might be stuck in traffic? Yesterday, more than this morning, uh, I had to be at the station yesterday for a Cubs game, and I, I caught some of it. Uh, it I mean, I, I had that thought, is this more than usual? It seemed more than usual, but I thought maybe it's just me complaining because I was stuck in it, but I, I guess I was right. Yes. Well, both can be true. Both can be true. You're complaining because you were stuck in it, and it could be true, and we hate being stuck. Traffic is the the, the whole insane thing. It's a, it's a picture of my mel- mental illness. I am mentally ill when it comes to traffic because I keep saying, what's the person in front doing? Everything's worse know. when it happens to you, though, right? I mean, that's just how it is. Everything's worse when it's happening to you in that moment. It's, it seems like the worst thing in the world. 
Right. That's that's a major mishap. A minor mishap is when it happens to you, Caesar. But a major mishap is when I'm stuck in traffic. What's the person in front doing? If that person would go faster, we would all be out of this right now. I just so despise traffic. And we seem to be becoming a dumber and dumber state, certainly a dumber and dumber city when it comes to traffic. It keeps getting worse and there's no place to put more lanes. And when they want to put more lanes, they take away more lanes. And if you've been to the, what do they call it? The, 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 between the cave and the, it, it should be called the licorice. It, it, it's a, it's a whole, it's a whole licorice thing that just keeps twisting around on one another. And I think what they're doing in the loop from 90, all the way to 55, whenever, Whatever that stretch of construction is, I think their blueprints are an Escher drawing. I don't think there's a beginning. I don't think there's an end. You just keep going round and round. And as Bob Brenly famously said on this radio station, it creates a vortex of horse crap. Yeah, you know, I, I have to deal with the, the so-called hillside strangler on a pretty much uh, daily basis coming to the station. And I always have the thought of, I mean, you're telling me that's the best design they could have come up with for that that spot on the expressway there where you literally just have about six lanes just all converging into one spot with no relief anywhere. It's, I mean, it has to be a better design than that, right? Well, there is, but it, you, that's the best design that corrupt construction can buy. The politicians get paid, corrupt, you know, everybody's got to get paid on this, and the drivers are the ones who pay for it in, in aggravation equity. So I am quite mentally ill when it comes to traffic. You know, others would say I'm quite mentally ill when it comes to other things, but you know, admitting one of them at least is a first step towards happiness. But that's not why you're called, and that's not why you're here. You're here on Saturday Suckage because things suck. So we're going to talk White Sox next. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. On the ground, second base, Garcia charges, he gloves, and the Sox have won it. One to nothing in San Francisco tonight in a whale of a ball game that finally broke at the 23rd hour. Steve Rosenblum, it's Saturday Suckage on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Perfect, we have Larry Garcia and the Suckage bumper, and I don't know what ties it together better than that. Welcome in, welcome back. I am Steve Rosenblum. This is Saturday Suckage Holiday Edition, the 4th of July. Hope you're safe. Hope you're having a good time. Hope you're not stuck in traffic. And there are many people who responded with the same aggravation as me. 340. Adding lanes to solve traffic congestion is like loosening your belt to solve your weight problem. Nicely played. I am broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. And now we're going to go to our guest line. Guests join us on the SCORE hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Welcome back to the show. James Fox, he's the senior editor and podcast co-host of At Future Sox, and he's a writer for At Sox Machine on Twitter at JamesFox917. James, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining me this holiday weekend. Yeah, no problem, Steve. Thanks for having me. So I thought it was aggravating that the Sox won yesterday because of the way they won. I I was talking earlier that this is 
going to be even more relentless, Leury Garcia. It's not that I wanted him to lose, but I can't imagine a worse way of winning unless, you know, say for Abreu getting hurt or someone like that. So what did you think, and where are we on the massive, aggravating Leury Garcia and Hall of Failure baseball person situation? Well, I mean, if you listen to the manager, he's a really talented player, Steve. So, you know, I, I, I just, you know, I, I kind of thought the same thing. And, look, we're, we're holding on here and, like, covering the team. Like, look, I want them to get back in this thing, obviously. Like, and I think they have a chance to. But it's like, oh, man, like, that's the way that you're going to win. Like, it, it's just like he's never going to be out of the lineup now. So, and, look, I, I feel kind of bad sometimes for Leury because, like, you know, if somebody offers you $16.5 million on a three-year deal, like, you should take it, and he did that. And, like, Tony puts him in a really bad spot because he plays too much. And he comes up in these spots, I feel like, all the time that he's, like, not equipped for. And, you know, he's been, by definition, I think, like, one of, if not the worst regulars, like, in all of baseball this year. So, look, I don't think when the front office signed him, they they anticipated him playing this often. I think they truly thought, like, 25th or 26th man, but – look, you have injuries and some other stuff, and he's capable, I guess, like of putting a glove on and standing in right and left and second and third and short. Like, the manager's going to play him all the time. You know, the, the manager thinks that he's Hosea Kendo, and, and he's not. So, you know, it's, it's something that we're going to have to deal with. I think we'll see him less when everybody's healthy if that ever happens. But, yeah, it's, it's been pretty frustrating, like the reliance on – just guys like this, but you know, for anybody that's followed Tony Larusa, he's kind. Despite all of his success, he's kind of done stuff like this pretty much his whole career with guys. He's taken him. He, like a lot of baseball fans, long-term baseball fans, have a great love of utility players because they're generally small, they're cuddly, they fit neatly into the overhead compartment. They're everything you could want in a player to root for. And they come up in odd spots and they get, you know, they go all freeze on you. They go all Alan Craig on you. They just get clutch hits and you can say, yeah, that's that's a wonderful thing. But when they play regularly, I'm not blaming Leary for taking the money. I'm blaming the manager for her stubbornness. And I, I resent the fact I feel insulted. I don't know if you... Far closer, far more emotionally involved in the White Sox feel insulted as well. When the manager is supposed to put your team, your franchise, in a position to win and you declare the World Series or bust and then you see this kind of managing, this kind of manipulation that really got... was Rick Rent, Ricky Renteria was better than this and he got fired. I How do you feel? What's the emotional part of you feeling with this this decision, but there are others too. You've seen him handle the pitching staff that he was supposed to be better at. Where are you on that, on the fan level? Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredibly frustrating. It was incredibly frustrating when it happened. You know, I think when, when they moved on from Ricky Renteria, you got all the reports, right, that all the managers that they were interested in and, you know, the reports were that Rick Hahn wanted his friend A.J. Hinch and whatever, but it was like, oh, my God, like they're they're finally – you know, they're doing the right thing. And I've always kind of thought managers were a little bit overrated, but it's like, okay, they're going to hire the big boy manager now for the big boy team. And then Jerry stepped in and hired Tony. And yeah, I mean, it's look, it's, it's pretty much been a disaster. I'm a little bit surprised just at like 
I thought that there might be an issue or a disconnect with the players. I really did. And I thought from seven to 10 every night, like he'd still be fine. Like I'm like, yeah, it's Tony LaRusso. Like how bad can it be? But it's like been anything but fine. He's really not good at the job anymore. And look, if they were hitting like they're supposed to, and they hit homers and they're scoring six or seven runs a night, like we wouldn't be all over Tony as much as we are. But when you're playing two to one in three to two games, like his, his shortcomings are getting exposed big time. And he just, he doesn't manage like, the good modern day managers, right? Like you got a two, one game in the sixth inning and he refuses to go to his best high leverage guys. Cause it's not their time. And he leaves starters in too long, still prioritizing the win. And he's, he's a slave to handedness where, I mean, you give him, if Gavin Sheets is on the roster and there's a righty pitching, like Gavin Sheets is playing because Gavin Sheets hits left-handed. And for a while, it seemed like the front office was able to kind of like LaRusa proof the roster to where, you know, if you only have a three-man bench and one of them's a catcher, like, these are kind of the guys that he has to play. But then you've had more injuries and, you know, the rules now for 13 position players, 13 pitchers. He's just – he's got way too many decisions to make. And, you know, he's struggling with those decisions. They should have had enough talent to overcome it. Um, but, obviously, uh, it's, it's, it's been a struggle and it's been super frustrating. And, you know, as a fan, like, yeah, it was – I mean, it feels like this is Jerry Reinsdorf's team – and he like rubbed it in our face, like proving that like this, this isn't, this isn't our team, the fun, you know, team that we saw in 2020, he inserted Tony LaRusa, you know, and it's, this has kind of like been the outcome to that so far. There will be no fun. This James Fox. He's a senior editor on the <clears throat> future Sox podcast. And he writes at Sox machine. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We're talking white Sox here on the score. Thank you for joining us. The I, when you talk about modern managing and modern putting teams together in a modern fashion, analytics become overwhelming. You, I mean, I've heard stories of 200 pages of analytics and for one night's game being dropped on a manager's desk and like, okay, cram for the test. Here you go, and. I guess good managers should do that, could do that. I'd, I don't know how you feel about that, but I believe there is a, ma- a a great place for analytics, a great place for a manager's experience and balancing that. And I do think Tony La Russa, much to his players' detriment, has weaponized analytics, using it for his own purposes, most notably when Trey Turner was walked in a one-two count. And do you know what it is? Well, you know what he what he hits one two, and and it wasn't anything close to what Larusa thought. And he brought up Max Muncy to face a left-hander, and you brought up handedness against Souza. And Larusa doesn't seem to know his own players because Souza's worse against left-handed hitters than he is against right-handed hitters. I don't know if this were team. Do you think if this team were managed strictly by analytics, if this were a computerized game? their record would be better? Uh, I think it would be better, which is bad because, <clears throat> I mean, it, I, I think you'd have more optimized lineups and look like over 162 and obviously like Joe Madden scoffed a little bit too and you would like question the lineup. I think over 162, like it, it doesn't really matter that much, right? But you just, you can't have your best player hit leadoff or your worst player hit leadoff. It doesn't make any sense. And some of that stuff I feel like he does out of spite too. Like, you know, he hears the calls for Leary and then he leads them off. And 
you know, a guy that we cover at Future Sox, that Lenin Sosa came up last week, and I think fans were very excited. And, you know, Tony clearly didn't want to play him, was told to play him, had him bat lead off, and then he hit ninth like the next two days. It's just like stuff like that where you can just tell that there's a disconnect between the dugout and the front office. But, you know, the way this is set out, set up, like I, I just feel like it's that stuff is up to Tony. And I think you're right. I think he has a lot of information at his disposal. And I think he uses like small sample data to, to make decisions and prove points after. And then, you know, God forbid, like, one of the hardworking beat writers on the team, like, you know, ask him a question about something. Then it's like always like him questioning their question. Like he's the only one in the world that's right. And everybody else is wrong. It's just, it's very frustrating. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not there every day, obviously. And like, luckily so for me, cause I just, I don't know if I'd be able to just like, deal with this. And, and look, he's, he's done it a long, he's done it a long time, but the condescension just every night is just a bit old. Yeah, it is. That's your Hall of Failure baseball person right there. So Lance Lynn looked like the Lance Lynn everybody dreamed of, waited on, wanted, and and sort of the Lance Lynn that Lance Lynn projected. He says, you know, I need some more starts, and then I'll get back to being that guy. So as far as the amusing term observational analytics go, that was a guy. That was a great thing to observe to watch him throw 104 pitches and punctuate it that way. That to me is the is hope. That's the best thing I saw last night. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think, look, they've been disappointing. And, you know, if you ask me to predict whether they're like going to win the division, I I, I would say no, just because of like what we've seen. But like, you know, they've played as bad as you can play and they're still five and a half back and they're three back of the twins in the loss column, I think. And I think they have the best starting pitching in the division. And if these, you know, if Giolito gets right, like you have Cease, you have Lance Lynn, Michael Kopech's done what he's done, and Johnny Cueto's been an absolute, you know, revelation, they got a shot. It's just, you know, you, you wish that it didn't, you know, get to the point that they're at right now. So I agree with you. Like, Lance Lynn has to be one of the horses at the front of that staff. Um, if he can pitch like that consistently, they're in good shape because it is, you know, it is an advantageous schedule for them um, from here on. It's just... You know, you just you've dug yourself a hole where you you can't really afford any hiccups, and they have very little margin for error, especially playing close games with, you know, Tony Larusa in the dugout. The Twins are they got the Twins and the Guardians coming up, and this this is, I mean, the only true make and break situation is when you're mathematically eliminated. But this sure luck if if this isn't make or break, you can see it from there and make and break might have something to do with the trade deadline. If you, let's say you come out, you see the Sox win, take two out of three in San Francisco, and here they come against the Twins and Guardians. Would you let that determine if they lose five out of seven, win five out of seven? Does that, do you need them to go out at the trade deadline and make acquisitions no matter what they do? They need to get better. They still have an improved second base. They still got a problem in right field. This is where we left them after last season. The holes still exist, health notwithstanding. I mean, it's a major problem. Or does this influence what you do with the trade deadline and how devastating, how big of a, how major, how many major moves would you expect if they lose both series to their division rivals? Yeah, so I think this is going to offer 
clarity, like just like you said. I mean, you know, I don't think I don't expect much trade activity up until like the All Star break because that that's when they're doing the uh, the baseball draft as well, um, and executives are focused on that seemingly. So then you know you're going to have like a solid week to ten days after that. You have fifteen, I, I believe, coming up against the Twins and Guardians and Tigers, and then you have four more right after the All Star break against the Guardians. I think that will give you clarity. I think if you're you know, like this, like within striking distance, still five games or so. I, I think they're going to plan on adding personally. You know, they they need a left-handed bat. I don't know where that guy's going to play necessarily. They're always looking for pitching. They probably need a left-handed reliever. So there are needs. But, I mean, yeah, if this is you drop two or three to the Twins and you drop two or three to Cleveland and, you know, you're still seven, eight back, I think it's a soft sell per se maybe where you're looking to – see if anybody's interested in a Johnny Cueto or a AJ Pollock or even, you know, Jose Abreu possibly, you know, and, and you, you look to get back on track for 2023. I don't think it's a situation where you're looking to dump like whatever you can dump because this thing is like over. I mean, you, you still have a lot of players under contract next year. And I think a lot of people would still have the White Sox as the division favorites in 2023, regardless so, yeah, I mean, they might have to pivot and, like, sell or only buy long-term assets. But you're right on. Like, the, I mean, these next, like, I guess 20 days or so probably will determine the path that they go on, I would think. You know, I don't – unless we – unless they've already – unless the chairman already knows that the manager is not coming back after next year, I don't see them doing anything except buying at the trade deadline because this is it. It's not just their window, it's their month. That That's what they have to do. That's why they brought this manager in. That's why the, the, the aging chairman brought in the aging manager, and that's what they're going to do. I don't see them giving up. I, I see them going harder. I see them doubling down on that. Do you think, do you think there's something uh, to that idea? No, I think you're probably right. I mean, look, we've, we've had these discussions, and, you know, the, the guys I know that you know over at Sox Machine have, have talked about this and I, you know, I've kind of joked, like, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. If, if this team like misses the playoffs and then they hire a new manager next year, like I, as mm. a fan who's dealt with what I like, you know, what we've lived through, I could live with that, but I don't think that's going to happen. Like I think Tony's back, like until Tony wants to be here. So like, you might as well buy and try to get in because, you know, playoff appearances are sacred. Like we don't think they're very good now, but you know, you got enough talent. Like, if you can get in, you can win the whole thing. I think that's been proven. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're probably right. Um, they're, they're probably going to buy regardless. Um, but, man, 500 teams around 500 are so frustrating because it's just you just it's just like this constant roller coaster. When you're when you're 10, 10 back, you know, it's easy for people to stop paying attention, I feel like. But, you know, this you just keep getting – kicked in the stomach and then you know right right back at it because you win right and the team did that last year and then they went out and got jorge soler and he was an mvp and they won the world series and they got a neato ring and they got a left-handed hitter who was wearing pearls and it all turned out okay and i think that would be that will be said you're gonna hear the the 2021 braves brought up in white Sox talk coming soon wherever that right up to the trading deadline i believe that james thank you for joining me i appreciate it thanks have a good safe holiday weekend you too steve thanks for having me i appreciate it james fox senior editor and podcast co-host at future socks and writer for socks machine we'll take a break we'll talk about 
The Cubs, look at them. Kyle Hendricks pitching well enough to get traded, huh? Wilson Contreras hitting well enough. Ian Hab, look at all the guys they can trade for grade schoolers. Isn't that what they do these days when they trade somebody? Playing the Red Sox, we will talk to a Cubs insider after this. I'm Steve Rosenblum. Saturday suckage. We suck so your 4th of July weekend doesn't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.